Welcome to the I'm Just Saying podcast, hosted by Anthony Tilgman, featuring the latest trends and all the coolest vibes. Tell your friends to tune in because they'll love it too. Welcome to the I'm Just Saying podcast. My name is Anthony Tillman, and I am the host. Today is an amazing day. Not sure if you remember, but last week we had the presidential debates, the first presidential debate. It was crazy. It looked like two women fighting over food. It was like a straight argument, a straight battle of the wits. No one won. The only person that won was America because we need to vote. We need to really step up now and take a chance and take a stand and vote. The biggest issue going on right now is voting, voting suppression, voting, voting, voting. It's time for us to make a decision. So the topic for today is called politics. I'll be talking to people in DC and Maryland about politics. My first guest today, his name is Atiba Majun, and he is actually a lobbyist, author, He's everything that you need, and he's going to tell us all about what's happening in D.C. and what's going on around the world, actually. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Anthony, thank you so much for having me. Um, It's a it's a pleasure and an honor to be with you and your audience today to talk to talk to you about politics. And um, yeah, that uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, that shit show of a debate that we we had last week. Yes, it was definitely crazy. Um, so let me. So let's let's start like this. Kind of tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, it's funny you said I do all these different things. I'm, I'm I'm a lobbyist. I work on public affairs. A lot of my work is um, in the pharmaceutical industry. I, I work with a lot of third party groups, like the National Black Caucus of State Legislators, the National Hispanic Caucus of State Legislators, and medical associations like. Um, the Historic National Medical Association. And then I have a company called Party Politics US. And the whole idea when I started that was to take my lobbying and public affairs experience and work with people to bring them together from different political, ethnic, religious, um, sexual orientation, um, countries, just bring people together and have conversations around hard topics. And that led to us starting a secret group on Facebook called Chalkboard Conversations, that has now evolved to us having a pod, video podcast called Chalkboard Conversations. And last, last week, we had an amazing conversation with four mothers, one from Daphne, Alabama, and the other three from Loudoun County. And we termed that, we titled that segment uh, Suburban Moms, A Conversation on Racism. And it, it, the, the, the feedback that we've gotten from that has been so overwhelming. Um, and so then also taking all of these other experiences that I've had, both in the political world, public, um, private sector, government, I wrote a novel called Saving Grace that you that your audience can um, read more about at my, on my website, atibamadjun.com, which is A-T-I-B as in boy, A-M-A-D-Y-U-N.com. And it is a novel that is, uh, has some romance love some violence it's a political thriller um and it's a it's a page turner and i'm not just telling you that because i wrote it i'm telling you that because that's what 
every single reader who's who's read it from cover to cover has said about the book. So thank you for letting me share that. And it, it covers social injustice and it talks about Washington, D.C. And there's a lot of tidbits of information about historical things here in Washington, D.C. that your readers may want to know about. Okay, so speaking of Washington, D.C., other than voter suppression, what do you think is the biggest issue going on right now? Well, if you're talking about voters, I would say the biggest issue is apathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've uh, just the other day, I spoke with a young woman who, and I asked her, young African-American woman, are you going to vote? Because I had some Biden um, mask that had just arrived from the campaign and I wanted to give her one. And she said, you know what? I really don't know if I'm going to vote because it really doesn't matter. And she and I are going to continue our conversation. I, um, I saw a video done by a rapper, Yellow Pain. My vote don't count. Yes. Love that video. That video is, is on point. And I think the more young people, I think more older people, I think all of us will benefit to watch that. Because when we see the injustices that are going on in the judicial system as it relates to these unlawful murders that police officers are perpetrating against us, and we wonder why does it keep happening? It happens because mayors and cities who appoint the chiefs of police keep getting elected and we're not holding them accountable and we're not voting. So we're not voting them out of office when they are not being accountable to our public needs. Exactly. So let me, so for you, is statehood needed in DC? There's so many different pieces that go along with that. Is statehood needed? Every resident of this country should have representation, voting representation in Congress. So it's not just DC, it's also Guam, it's also Puerto Rico, it's also the US Virgin Islands. You know, it's, uh, it's those territories that, because that's what DC is a territory, um, a federal territory like those, like those places, those beautiful islands that I just mentioned. And if we are United States citizens, we should be able to vote for president. Now, here's something that I think a lot of people don't know at least younger people, is that there was a time up until the 60s that D.C. residents couldn't vote. And still today, people who live in the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico are not able to vote for president of the United States, although they are United States citizens. So, you know, should D.C. be granted statehood? Yes, but so should the other territories. And I think that as we're fighting for our right to vote, in the Congress, we should also be keeping in mind those other United States citizens that are without a vote. Yes, absolutely. I think everyone should have the right to vote. And and this this is crazy that there are people in different countries that can't vote and also people right here in the United States that can't vote. It seems like there are so many other issues going on and, and this election just shows how all of those issues come together and, and we have to just, our vote actually makes a difference in everything that's happening right now in the world. So if you was to give DC, the leadership of DC, uh, a letter grade, what, what would that grade be? D. A D. Why is that? They're not listening what people are telling them. And if I drive over into Southeast Washington, 
I feel like I am in a land of living dead. There are so many people that look like me who are living in despair. And it's not because of any fault of their own. It's because they have been sequestered. And, you know, I think a lot of people recognize the word quarantined. They have very little opportunity to move, not just outside of the neighborhood, but upward economically. They are seeing money coming into their, to Southeast and East of the river, where there are condos that are coming up that they can't afford to live in. They're seeing their homes being swallowed up because maybe the houses were uh, passed on through inheritance or maybe um, lost because of evictions and foreclosures because the minimum wage in DC, $15, that's not enough. That's not a livable wage in the city. It costs at least 80,000. Let me take that back. A person, the Washington Post had a story a few years ago, a couple of years ago, saying that in order to live comfortably in DC, you have to make at least $80,000. I am wow. going to stretch that, that it is actually over $100,000. Yeah. If the average rent is $2,500 for a studio in the city, that's right there is almost 30 some thousand, over $30,000 of your income. If you're already losing 30 some thousand dollars of your income in taxes, that only leaves you back left with about $30,000 to, to, to work with. So if you're making $15 an hour and you're working a 40-hour-a-week job, you're going to have to work two, maybe three jobs in order to make ends meet. So the city economically is disadvantaging a lot of people, and the school system still is not doing what it needs to. It, still, it does the, the good things for people who live in wealthier neighborhoods in Upper Northwest, but and I grew up in Upper Northwest. I was, you know, blessed um, in a lot of ways. I got a chance to travel, live overseas when I was a kid. But the way that this city does, it's the least of these, the, the people who don't have very much, it gets a D in my opinion. A D, that's, that's a really harsh critic. But hey, you know, that's that's what we got to look out for when, when you run, you know, the taxation without representation state that that's a, it's a hard call. And, I, and I'm sure a lot of D.C. residents feel the same way as you. Another big issue, obviously, clearly is uh, this white supremacy. So you, you saw the debate last week. We spoke on that when you first popped on. You said it's the shit show. And I think um, a lot of people agree with you. So. You know, Trump still has not, uh, you know, you know, kind of gave that snap on white supremacy, even though he still considers a lot of, you know, big organizations, hated organizations. And then, you know, so what do you what do you think about that? What do you think, you know, is the is the biggest issue on why Trump will not, um, you know, proclaim white supremacy? He's a racist plain and simple. He's racist. He's, he is no different than Hitler. He's a fascist. He is a punk. He, um, has been, he is his aunt, is his, I'm sorry, his niece has diagnosed him. Who's a, 
um, psychologist. He's institution been institutionalized all his life. He's always had protections around him. He has everything that he has touched has been destroyed, including now this country. Um, he is not capable of doing anything differently than what he has been built to be. And he is just plain and simple a racist. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. Yes, you're absolutely right. It seems like, um, you know, it, it, it came out a little stronger during that debate. And I, and I think that we all felt the same way. And, and I'm sure, uh, you know, Joe Biden, he felt the same way because he, he couldn't even get a word in and say anything. He, I think he told um, Donald Trump to shut up about <laughs> eight times. And, and I think that was the funniest part of the actual debate that was going on. So another issue clearly is is COVID. You know, um, more than 200,000 people in the U.S. has died and some 40,000 people are still contracted each day. What is the solution, man? Like, what do you like? What What is your people saying about, you know, like what's 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 expecting to come? Mm hmm. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm taking my time to answer this for a reason. So, first thing is wear a mask. Second thing is, I know that this is not easy, but stop moving around, especially in large groups, because this will pass. And we like to see this pass with everyone, as many people as possible alive. The third thing is, if we do those things and we, if we really are reflective and think that what is going on with this, I call it plague, um, but this virus, it happened 100 years ago. It took four years for them to get it under control. The science is different. I know people keep hearing things about, oh, well, this vaccine, and there's concern about it. I've been on calls with Dr. Fauci, and I can tell you straight from what he's explaining, and that is this is a little bit different in terms of vaccine because they were able to identify the sequence of it much quicker, mm -hmm. which allowed them to figure out, you know, what it is that they need to and to figure out in terms of what the the components to create the vaccine, but they still have to trust and they have still have to, when I say trust, but test the efficacy of it to make sure that this works. Um, and it's going to, we, we got to be patient. And I think God is putting us through this for us to recognize. I see so many people when I'm out on my bike and I feel like there's more people. I try to ride my bike 10 miles a day. I think that there are more people that are out exercising than I've ever seen before. And I think some of that is because we've been able to slow up. We, 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 but a lot of us are doing our work from home, or some of us are. So we're doing meetings and stuff from home. And it's allowing us to be still. That's why people saw what happened with George Floyd. They were still and they were forced to see that officer's knee on George Floyd's neck. We are more cognizant and aware of Breonna Taylor and the injustice that is going on there. We saw Ahmed Arbery. And so we've seen all these things before because we can go and talk about Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, and the list goes on and on. Terrence Johnson, um, 
can't remember Terrence's last name, but uh, Crutcher in Oklahoma. But because we have to be still, we have to take notice. And if we come out of this, God willing, we come out of this better than we did going in. Because if we come out being the same way as we were when we went into this, we didn't learn the lesson. If we come out being the same person we were before we came into this, we didn't take heed to become better people. Yes, absolutely right, man. We, we must become better people. And we also need to become, you know, more educated on issues that affect us, you know, in our communities everywhere. So you mentioned earlier about a young woman that says she didn't want to vote. And um, so what is what will be your pitch to someone like her that's mm-hmm. listening right now that that's still on the edge of just trying to determine who they want to vote for? What would what would you tell that person right now? Mm-hmm. If you think this is uncomfortable, imagine what's going to happen if Trump, and I don't like to even say his name, the apprentice is what I call him, fire the apprentice, is if you think this is uncomfortable, wait till November 4th, 2020, and see what happens if he wins re-election. And let's also keep in mind, I mentioned the, the video. I encourage those of you out there who haven't seen the video, Google or go on YouTube and find yellow pain and my vote don't count because he lays it out so succinctly, so beautifully that they have us focusing on the president and the governor and the mayor. When they can't make laws, the people that make laws are the Congress, the state legislatures, your city councils. You don't like this judicial pick that the apprentice just put forward or that he has put forward? then go back to 2016 and think about the choices, whether or not you voted or you didn't vote, or if you decided to throw your vote away because you couldn't vote for either one of the candidates because you let the media dissuade you. They They don't want you to vote. That's what this all boils down to. If you don't vote, you are buying into the whole thing of this white, systemic, male dominated society that does not want you to vote. You are suppressing your own voice. You are being enslaved by them and you are following the the letter of the book that they want because they know that when their numbers are too large to manipulate, they lose. They know when the numbers are low, they win. It's as simple as that. So if you think your vote doesn't count, I'm not telling you I disagree with you. I'm telling you you're wrong. Your vote does count. And when we vote in numbers that are too large to manipulate, you'll find that people that we need to be in office get in office. Now, I will add this. Voting is not the only important part of being a part of a democracy. Staying engaged after the vote is just as important because Yellow Pain in this song says, remember when we went to go vote in 2008? We were supposed to go back in 2010 to vote for the Congress because the Congress is the one that makes the laws. They're the ones that establish what the minimum wage is. They're the ones that determine whether or not you're going to have health care and how much that's going to cost. They're the ones who determine whether or not your air is clean or your water is fresh. There are so many different things. You can't throw your vote away. And I don't know how many of you out there have seen the play Hamilton. There's a song in in that play. Don't I'm not going to miss my shot. This is your shot 
to affect change. This is your, to the young people out there listening, this is your opportunity to redeem the dream that we can have here about every January 20th, around that time of Dr. King's birthday. He had the speech, I have a dream. We've been working, not just during the civil rights movement, going all the way back to slavery to redeem the dream this is your opportunity to put a punctuation mark on that for us to finally redeem the dream because we're going to come out of this because of this virus, we were exposed and had to pay attention to the other virus that has been going on in this country for over 400 years. You think a few months is, is, is hard? Imagine 400 plus years of racism. And racism is not just America's original sin. Racism is our greatest national security threat. Amen to that. And he said it, man. That's that's pretty much sums it up, y'all. Your vote counts every election, not just this one. So thank you so much, man. We appreciate you for coming through today. Any last words? Any final words? I'll just say I encourage your listeners to check out our site. Again, sorry about the, the, the profanity of this, but we have a site called 2020fuckingmatters.com. And we have gear and we have asterisks that are through it, but I, I encourage you all to take a look at it. If you like something, um, you know, purchase it where, on election day. Um, we just did a, um, a big video shoot where you're going to see a, a lot of videos popping up uh, uh, called I Will Vote. Um, and, you know, if you're going to vote, uh, Pick up your phones, take a short video that your friends and everybody know on social media just by saying, I will vote and why this election is important to you. And um, I encourage you to tag us on Instagram and Facebook at 2020 fucking matters, um, because what we want to do is create this big virtual party that shows all of us marching to the polls to affect not only change, but to change the direction of this country and make sure that it works for you, it works for your families, works for your friends, make sure that the judicial issues that we keep seeing of injustice that go on, that we change that because this is not just about who we vote for for president. This is about who we vote for all the way down the ballot, down to your mayors and your city council um, members. So your vote does count. I guarantee you, if you vote, you're gonna see a change but make sure that you go out there and you get your family and your friends to vote for with you. Vote for the same people together because the more people that you vote for, the, that you vote for your candidates, the better the chances are that they win. Yes, and, and everyone, this is the best time to get out and bring your family and vote because this election means everything. And, 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 it's, and it's so important that we all just use our right to vote and make a change in our democracy. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you coming thank today, you. man. Thank you so much, man. Atiba, Majun, everybody, have a great afternoon. And so our next guest, I'm out, Anthony Tillman. I'm just saying podcast, stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to the I'm Just Saying podcast. Tune in next week. Don't forget to tell a friend. And don't forget the hashtag, I'm just saying.